Happy Valentine's Day. I love Valentine's Day. I love showing my family that I love them. I love hearts. I love chocolates. It is just a great day altogether. Well, today we're going to be talking about love since Valentine's Day is known as a day of love. What do you do when someone you love is very difficult to love. That's a topic for today's podcast. I have a special guest today, Diana Journey, so stay tuned. Beth Jones is an international speaker and author, wife to paramedic Ray, and mom of three beautiful daughters, Heather, Eden, and Leah. Beth also helps aspiring speakers and writers to share their unique message. Beth encourages women to use their gifts for God, fulfilling their purpose and living a life they love. Need a dynamic speaker for your women's conference, retreat, or online event? Contact her at bethjones.net. This is Beth Jones, international speaker, author, and coach. Happy Valentine's Day. I love Valentine's Day. I love hearts and chocolate and showing my family I love them. And I especially love how God shows us his love through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. I have a special guest and we're going to be talking about love and how it's sometimes very hard to show that love to others. I want to welcome my guest, Diana Journey. Hi, Beth. Thank you. I look forward to this interview So, and this podcast. Thank you. I am exci- I'm so excited about it. Well, Diana, would you please tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and what your website is? Okay. So my name is Diana Journey, and I am a life coach and relationship coach. I have two websites. One is my own, dianajourney.com, and the other is with my husband, Tim, and that is thejourneythrough.com. So Tim and I work together. We like to help couples build the marriage that they've desired and the one that God created for us. And that is our passion. And it obviously comes from a place of um, our own pain, our own mess. You know, God often, he takes our messes and turns them into a message. And that's what he did for Tim and I. And so we love to work with couples and just help them Build that marriage together that they desire and the one that God has created for them. Yes, that's so true. God takes our messes and makes a masterpiece out of them. He gives a message through it. Well, Diana, I met you through Diane Cunningham Ellis and an amazing business coach to both of us. And I read about your story in your book, Our Journey, written by you and your husband, Tim. Can you share today a bit about your story and what led you to write this book? Sure, I would love to. Yeah, our story is that after 30 years of marriage, and we thought we had a good marriage, Tim had an affair. That affair actually just kind of, it it destroyed me. It was so hard to overcome Mm -hmm. and, you know, to work through. And because we know that, you know, an affair and a marriage is sin, Tim was caught up in the web of sin. And so for nine months after learning about his affair, he said he was wanting to work on the marriage, but emotionally he wasn't there. He was still attached mentally and emotionally to this other person. 
And so for nine months, we struggled. And it was, it was just devastating to think that after 30 years of marriage, four children, uh, we had had our first grandchild, that our marriage may not survive. And so um, we worked hard. We worked hard, and it wasn't going anyway, anywhere until I finally gave up control. Because in the beginning, I was trying to control the healing journey. And that was not working out so well for me or for Tim. But when I surrendered to God and let him take over, things changed. And we immediately became on this path of, of healing. and. It was nothing to do with me or nothing to do with Tim. It was by the grace of God. So, so we, we were supposed to, after, it was, I guess, a year after I learned of his affair, and we'd gone through the healing process, we'd gone through the month, that we were supposed to go to Jerusalem on a trip. And the week before we were supposed to leave, like three days before we were supposed to leave, Tim came home from work and said he couldn't go. There's something had come up major in his company, and he could not leave for our trip. So we had to cancel our trip. And I remember that morning when Tim went off to work, and you know how it is when you've planned a trip, especially a trip like that, your calendar is clear. There's nothing on it. And I remember I was doing a little Bible study by myself. And when I finished that morning, I said, God, what do you want me to do with this week? I, I have nothing on my calendar. What do you want me to do? And I vividly heard, write your story. And I was like, okay, okay. He said, but I don't want just your side. I want Tim's side too. And that's how we wrote our book. Um, we wrote our book by me giving my side of what I was feeling, what I was dealing with, how I was processing, what I was going through. But then he gave his side, too. And I felt that was so critical because often we see stories on betrayal really written by the one who's been betrayed. But we don't really see the unfaithful side. And for people to really understand the dynamics of an affair and what's happening, I think they need to see both sides. They need to hear both sides. So that's how we wrote our story. I have to say mine was done much faster than Tim's. I was, because I had that whole week just blocked off. Every day I just got up and, and the words just flowed. They just came out. And it took Tim a little longer to write his. I always say that I think it's easier to write about pain than it is to write about something that you are guilty of. So that's how we wrote our story. Mm. So powerful. You know, marriage has many challenges for everyone, Diana. And I believe that other than alcoholism and drug addiction, Adultery is one of the hardest challenges to overcome in a marriage. And this month, we're celebrating Valentine's Day, and it's the month of love. And in fact, I have a little Snoopy right here beside me on my desk that says, Happy Valentine's Day. I love Snoopy. 
But can you please tell our listening audience how you can truly love and forgive someone who has had an affair? You and Tim are both believers, right? But yeah. even though you are both believers, it is so hard, if not impossible. How did you love and forgive him? Well, I can honestly say, Beth, it was only by the grace of God. I'll go back to the day I surrendered. My control over healing was a day that uh, Tim and I had taken a trip. We had gone to um, Birmingham, Alabama and spent three days with a priest who was a friend and a counselor. And when we got home from that, I discovered emails from the other woman and him and that they were communicating while we were doing this intense weekend with this priest. And that morning, Tim was gone. He was out golfing. And I found these emails. And you can only imagine how devastating it was. I thought we had hope. I thought we were making progress. We spent these three days with this priest. And he had such good wisdom and, and just insight. And so I, I felt so hopeful, right? And then I get home and I lost all hope. I become hopeless again. And Tim knew I found those emails. He had called me. He was golfing and he called me in the middle of this after nine holes to let me know he'd be home probably in about two hours. And I told him I found the emails. And in between him coming home and me finding that conversation, I surrendered to God. I remember I was reading those emails over and over and over as some you become very obsessive when you've been betrayed like that. And I just kept reading them over and over and over. And in a flash, I remember I was down on my knees, the emails up in the air, and I just said, Lord, take these from me. I can't do this. And we are so blessed to have a father who loves us so much that he took those from me. I felt he put his arms around me and said, hey, daughter, I got you. And you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And what a difference that made in me when Tim got home. He was expecting to see what he had seen for the last nine months. That the angry lion who was attacking him or the woman that was a puddle on the floor because she was so hurt and devastated. And that day he saw neither. He saw a woman full of peace because that's what God gives us. That's the grace of God, peace. And he asked if we needed to talk and I said, yes. We went into the, to our room. I read the emails and I did it so peacefully so calm, no emotion. And when I finished, he basically wanted what I had. Because when you're involved in sin, you have a lot of anxiety. And he was full of anxiety. And he really wanted the peace that I had. And so that day I said to him, Tim, I love you. I, I dreamed of our marriage lasting forever. I dreamed of dying in your arms. But if you can't make up your mind, I can. And I'm going to be okay. 
but you will either end it with her once and for all, or I will help pack your bags with loving hands, and I will kiss you and wish you all the best in life. But you will go. So how did I do that? Like I said, the grace of God. But the other thing, Beth, is I had to take it one step at a time. Early in the process, I was trying to control it and fix it now. It is a process. It's a process you have to walk through. It's a process you have to take your time with. And it's a process you have to pray through and ask God to guide you. That is just so powerful, the transformation of God. That is only God. And I'm relating to what you're saying about the control, because I'm a recovering control freak. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it applies to other things in life. It, It may not, someone listening may not have a spouse as cheating, but they may have a prodigal um, sister or brother or child, or they may be going through something else where they're needing to give up that control and let go and let God. And that's one of the hardest things to do. I remember in your book, you were talking about, I believe, a meltdown that you had. It might have been when you found the emails, but it's only the grace of God that gave you that peace because anyone, I mean, any one of us would have a meltdown like that and just freak out. So that is so powerful. And what I believe is so powerful about your story is not only did God heal your marriage through his love. And I did want to ask you this one question. Did you have to keep giving that control to God? Did you have to keep surrendering that to him day by day? I did. I did. And I think maybe the one, the meltdown you're talking about could be one of two things. But there was a day that I had a meltdown. and. And this was after I had surrendered, right? And something had come up again. And so I had this meltdown. And I remember I went out into our garage. And only by the grace of God did I pick up a roll of of paper towels. Because I could have picked up a bat. I could have picked up a golf golf club. But I picked up a roll of paper towels, and I cried, and I wailed, and I screamed, and I was giving it all to God because I needed to release it. And I know people will say, well, that wasn't very nice. But you know what? God knows. He knows what we're carrying in our heart. He knew that I was suffering in my heart, and he knew I had to release. And so I feel like that day he just patiently listened to me, let me get it all out, and then said, okay, girl, I'm here. Let's move on. You did good. I agree. The paper tells us a lot healthier than something else someone might have done. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, when you mentioned, too, you know, that marriage has um, many challenges and you know, that is the same. And I know that in the Broken and Beautiful support group, care group that I lead at church, mm-hmm. um, there are women in there whose their betrayal is an alcoholic husband. And, you know, you often are a drug addicted, you know, husband. And often we are. We're trying to control that. We think we can make them stop doing whatever it is. And we can't. 
We can't. We have to give up that control and trust God. That is so true. That is right on. Now, did you and Tim get counseling, marriage counseling, and did he get accountability for the affair? So we did go to a counselor right away, and we went to a pastor, not our pastor, another pastor. I have to say it's important to find a counselor, pastor, coach, whoever that you can really relate to. The first um, counselor we saw was really not a good fit. And she, and I hear this often in my coaching practice that people will go see a counselor or a pastor or another coach and they just feel like they're not listening to them or they're taking, as they go as a couple, they're taking the side of their spouse and not hearing them. It's okay to say, this is not the right fit for me. Yes. It's okay to go search out for someone else. And I know that in the beginning, I was fearful of that. I didn't. And part of my fear was I didn't want, I mean, it's embarrassing to tell people that your husband had an affair. And I didn't want to have to keep telling my story to strangers, you know? Isn't that ironic? Now I've told my whole story to the whole world. <laughs> But at that time, I was not ready for that. And so we stuck with her for several months. And she just made some recommendations that were just not going to be healthy. And so finally, we said we had to go somewhere else. And it took us a while. You know, as I said, it's one step at a time. And it's doing things. It's not just being alone and, and doing your own healing. It's finding a, a counselor, a coach, a pastor, someone that you can really talk to and can guide you and direct you. It's maybe going to, like we did, an intensive with someone. It could be going to a seminar. It's reading books together. Tim and I read a lot of books together. And we would buy two books, read them, and then a chapter at a time and share what each of us got from that chapter. It's taking those steps. It's work. But, you know, if I think about it, Beth, anything I've done in my life that's really given me really strong rewards, exciting rewards, I've done work for. They didn't come easy. Yes. What about Tim, though? Did he, did he get someone to be accountable to? Because it can be easy. I know of a couple that the wife had another affair after the first one, after she repented and they renewed their, did he find someone to be accountable to, to set boundaries in place so it wouldn't be repeated? He did. He found his own, um, after, a, after a while, he found his own um, counselor, one that he went to alone um, and kept him accountable. He talked with a coach, so he found a coach. And then we found another counselor together, and she was remarkable. Tim grew up Catholic, and so in his Catholic religion, you know, there's just those, it's more defined what is sin and, how, and forgiveness and all of that, I think. Then. And so he really felt like he just went to the priest and repented and everything was good. 
Unfortunately, that's not true because it's a process, right? So you just don't go to the local priest or your priest and repent and then walk away and go, okay, we're done because we weren't done. So he had to continue to find what worked for him and, you know, the people that would help him. And this last counselor we found was just amazing. She was um, very knowledgeable about all religions, which was very helpful for Tim because she could speak in his Catholic faith to him and kind of open up his, you know, what was locked inside about how he grew up in the Catholic faith. And, and that's what he needed. He needed someone to, you know, just open up. When we got married and he was Catholic, I knew he would not convert. So I converted so that we would have one religion in our family. I continued to do Bible studies and, you know, expand my knowledge outside the Catholic faith. After his affair and after our healing, there was one day when I said, Tim, um, I know this, your faith. I understand your faith a lot more. I understand how embedded it is in you. I mean, he was raised in it. He went to Catholic schools. He went all the way up into college. So it's it's pretty ingrained in him. And I said, but I need more. So I'm going to go to another church. I'm going to find another church that feeds me. And I will go to mass with you if you'd like. And it, interesting enough, he had grown enough. And I think that last counselor was the one who has really benefited him. He said, you know, um, can I go with you? Sure. So we went to a non-denominational church, one we still go to, um, and we never left. And he's never asked to go back to the Catholic Mass. So, you know, it was just it just opened him up a lot and transformed him a lot. I think we going somewhere where you're fed is so important. And also where they teach the truth of God's word. Right. And faith is so important to us personally. And I believe that's what got you and Tim through it, is that faith in Jesus. And what I think is so beautiful about your story is now God, is he not only healed your marriage, and that took a lot of time, a lot of hard work. It was not a quick fix. But he's now using you and Tim to help other couples and using you to coach and help hurting women. And God uses the most, and I'm living proof of this, God uses the most painful things in our lives for his glory. And this story of victory for you and Tim has resulted in God fulfilling Tim's and your spiritual gifts and purpose through helping other hurting married couples and you helping other hurting women. And I'm thinking right now of a woman that may be listening to this who found out about her husband's affair or some other um, bad issue in her marriage and she's just devastated with pain like you were did you ever think that would be possible when you were in the midst of pain or did you think life was just over did you ever think god was going to do this and use y'all in this very area that's a very interesting question and it's actually two-folded when i was in my emotions and i was leading with my emotions no i didn't think it was possible uh, I saw that the dream 
that I had of our marriage was ending. I was full of fear that I was going to be alone the rest of my life. Um, and so I didn't see a way out. I, I, life as I had known it when I was there in that painful, emotional time was over. But then when I would be quiet sometimes in that journey, and this is all before I surrendered, when I would be quiet, I would hear God say, I'm going to use you. And Beth, I remember arguing with him. <laughs> <laughs> arguing with him, I, I know this is what you think you're going to do, but there's no way I'm going to do this. It's too painful. But in the end, that's why I do it. It's too painful. And I want others to know you can get through it. One of the very first books that Tim and I read on infidelity, I remember the, the doctor saying in the book, it takes two to 10 years to heal from infidelity. And I was livid. I was livid. I took that book. I remember I threw it across the room and I said, there's no way it's going to take me that long. I won't. I won't do that. What I didn't realize at that time, and most people don't, I was stuck in the depths, the lowest part of my pain. And in time, that pain gets a little less, a little harder to, to move beyond, a little less harder to move beyond. It just becomes a little easier. So while it may take, some people two to 10 years. You won't be in that same spot that whole time. And I feel like that's important for people to know because when you're in that depth of pain, when you are so down that you can't even, you know, there was days I couldn't even get out of bed. When you want to just hide and put the cover over your head and not move, you can't see any light. You can't see that it won't last forever. You think it will. Let's talk about that just for a second. You said there were days you cannot get out of bed. How did you get out of the bed? That's a good question. There were days when I could not get, see myself getting out of the bed. And I wanted to just pull the covers over my head and just stay there. But as I laid there with the covers over my head, the reality would hit. Diana, what, what are you doing? What are you doing here? It's not making it better. It's not making this better. Take a step out of the bed. And it was like baby steps. Okay, take a shower. You might feel better after a shower. Now, now go eat something. It's like I had to talk myself through it, right? Little by little. Okay, go eat something. Because the normal thing people do after learning a betrayal is they stop eating. Right. And 
they and I didn't even realize I stopped eating. And people would tell me, counselors, pastors, Diana, don't forget to eat. And I go, why is everyone so concerned about me eating? Do they not <laughs> know what I'm going through? But you know, 25 pounds dropped in a in a matter of two weeks. Wow. I could see why everyone was worried. So I would make myself eat something, whether it was to drink a vitamin drink. Do something, Diana. You need your strength. It was talking my way through it step by step, Beth. They got me out of the bed. Yes. And did you have friends, one or two friends that could help you through that time? Or did you just feel totally alone? I, when I found out, I told two friends. And the two friends I told were very strong Christians. And the reason I picked them to, to tell them is because, number one, I knew they would pray for me. Mm -hmm. Because at that initial part of my journey, I couldn't pray for myself. I was just so angry, right? And so I reached out to my two friends, and one lived in the area that I did, a Bible, that I did Bible studies with. And so she would randomly check on me, just how you doing? Here's a scripture for you today. And mm -hmm. I would say, you know, when she would share the scripture, I would say, thank you. Send it to me so I can look at it later. This, the thing about the journey is that we're often not ready to receive. And so it, it's a process. And she honored that process. She, she would say, okay, I'll just text it to you. And so, you know, it was those two people that I told. I, I didn't, I know a lot of people like to tell a lot of people, and we're like that, we're human. We want to get that support, that encouragement. And this is something we didn't expect. This is something we don't know how to get through. We didn't, there's no books on how to get through your husband's infidelity, his affair. There was no workbook, no guide, no, I didn't know what to do. And so those are the two people I chose to tell. I did not tell our children. I, I am so blessed that God has given me wisdom beyond what I ever expected. And what I heard was don't tell your children until you're in a better place. Now, were they still in the home or they were, they were grown? They were grown. Our youngest one was back in the home for the summer when I found out. He was had just graduated with his master's and he wouldn't be starting his job until September. So he had come home for a few months. And that's when I found out. I didn't want to tell our children because of the fact that I knew that they would follow my lead. And at that point, I was really... I was really, you know, I hate, I, I don't, I don't like to say this word, but at that moment, I was so full of hate mm -hmm. what Tim had done and that he could do this. And I didn't want them to know that. I didn't want them, I didn't want to come across to them like I hated their dad or, you know, telling them how bad he was. I, I didn't want that. I didn't want to taint their love and respect and feelings for their father. So I knew I had to get in a better spot before I could tell them. And they know now. 
they do know now. Matter of fact, uh, several of them, three of them, wrote a little bit in the back of our book. Um, <laughs> and they know what we do. Um, our youngest daughter, youngest daughter, who lives in the Florida area where we live, she um, is will often help if we have a client come in for a three-day private intensive with us, which Tim and I do, full immersion, three-day intensive. She will help prepare foods and and serve us and you know help us with this couple while they're here in that sense, be the servant, right? So we feel very blessed with that. That is such a blessing. So Diana, what are one or two tips or a word of encouragement you might give someone who may listening right now, who's going through or who has gone through what you've experienced and overcome in your marriage? Maybe she or he is thinking, I just can't, I just can't deal with this. I can't get over it. I can't forgive. What would encouragement would you give or a tip or advice? Well, the first one I would say is you're not alone and don't try to do it alone. You need help. You need support. You need encouragement. The second one is remember it's a process. You're, there's no healing overnight. It's a process. Take some deep breaths and walk through them step by step. And the final one is remember how God forgives us. And if he can forgive us like that, we can forgive others. No matter how deep the pain, we can forgive others. That's what God wants us to do. And really, when you carry unforgiveness in your heart, you're hurting yourself more than you're hurting the person who offended you. That is so true. And God gives us that grace to forgive. And your story is living proof of that. And it's beautiful. And you mentioned a while ago that y'all have intensives for couples. Can you share with our listeners where they can connect with you online and anything that you might have to offer them? Yeah, I would love for them to visit our website. Our website is www.thejourneythrough.com. Or they can meet, they can go to mine, which is www.dianajourney.com. They'll find it the journey through that Tim and I have multiple programs um, and offerings to help couples build the marriage that they desire. And, you know, for someone who's going through betrayal, we really do find the most success is to do a private intensive with them. And the reason being is because we can go so deep with them and we can get to the root of a lot of cause. One of the main questions a betrayed spouse will ask is why? Why do I do this? And we get to that why. There's processes that we go through that get to the why. And it's we see healing happening in front of our eyes. So that's then that's just one of the programs, but we do coaching. We do um, smaller programs and we'd love to have people visit, you know, our website and look and see how we might be able to help them. We know and it says on our website, we saved our marriage. You can, too. <laughs> love that. And we believe that. 
And share again about your book and where it's available for sale. It's available on Amazon. And our book is called The Journey, Infidelity Refilled, Rocky Recovery, Marriage Restored. And that defines our whole journey of going through our healing process. Well, Diana, thank you so much for being my guest on this podcast today. I think it was amazing. And to God be all the glory. It's Mm -hmm. a powerful story. So I would encourage the listeners today to check out Diana's, um, her website, her book, and go from there, maybe work with her. Thank you all for listening today. Again, happy Valentine's Day. Diana, thank you for being on here today. I've really enjoyed chatting with you today and hearing your story. Thank you, Beth. Thank you for asking and for letting me share my story. And I did have one more question. Did y'all ever get to Israel? No, we have not. Okay. Maybe that's in the future. (laughs) It's still on my bucket, our bucket list. Yeah. Okay. God gives us the desires of our heart for sure. I know that he does that. So thank you all for listening today. This is Beth Jones, international speaker, author, and coach. My website is BethJones.net. Be blessed and have a beautiful day. And I will talk to you later.